What up, good people? Good afternoon, good evening, good morning. Whatever time you listen to this podcast, it's me, the DRE, Chef Day Cuisine, coming at you with the recipe. Menu Monday on Intentional Talk Radio Network. Uh, be sure to listen to all the great podcasters of this station, including mine, and anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. You can listen live right now at itrnradio.com. We also have a text number to send in a message or a question, or just learn more about my show and the other shows on here at 682 682- 710-1101 at 682-710-1101. And uh, we definitely look forward to, to checking that message and learning more about you and any questions you have about anything going on with the show. So welcome to this wonderful, wonderful Monday. Just excited to be here. I want to give you guys a quick announcement. Uh, you know, on my last show, I talked about a telethon that we're going to be having here on the Intentional Talk Radio Network, and uh, we have to adjust the date. So um, here's the adjustment with a quick announcement from ITR Radio Network. Saturday, November 5th, the Window International Network, a nonprofit organization, is partnering with ITRN, Intentional Talk Radio Network, and a host of telethon. We're going to raise money for food and education materials uh, with uh, Beverly Tucker, who's a podcaster, and her team will travel to the South Sudan uh, from December 7th through December 15th uh, to take much-needed food and educational materials. Okay, now, for my listeners out there, their goal is to raise $66,000 to support over nine. 100 students and 60 teachers in Dubai, South Sudan for three months. Uh, the goal of the WIN organization is to educate 1 million South Sudanese in the near future. Now, the telethon, again, in November, November 5th, okay, it will be from 3 to 7 p.m. Pacific time, 4 to 8 central, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern, okay? The goal, again, 66,000. So this will make a substantial impact on the lives of the recipients and your generosity. Um, and they can really use your support. So, you know, if it's laid upon your heart, you know, if you need to pray about it, you need to think about it, got to talk to your spouse about it, got to look at your bank account about it. I mean, you know, uh, if you get moved to do it, man, the telethon again in November 5th, uh, please listen in to the live stream here. Uh, you can join the Zoom call. It's right there on uh, on the Digital Talk Radio Network when you go to the website, um, itrnradio.com. Um, I believe it's going to be on the YouTube channel as well. Um, on the the uh, Intentional Talk Radio Network YouTube channel, and uh, tell friends and family about it. Share some of the great things. Six six thousand dollars, you know. Um, telethon starts um, about five to six weeks from now, so we have we have ample opportunity and time to take care of this. So let's make some history and help out and change the lives of these people in the South Sudan, especially for some of us that are you know a little bit more blessed than normal, and and and, and be able to. Um, you know, help. All right. All right. Now that that's out of the way, going to get into the show. All right. So I had planned on continuing my conversation about, uh, about Queen Elizabeth, you know, what was her accomplishment? Was she a tyrant? Was it about tyranny? Did she have more triumphs? Did she had tragedies? You know, is it feast or is it famine? But um, I got some 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 interesting news this week, and I wanted to shift. I'm going to come back to the Queen thing probably on the next show, but I wanted to talk a, a, a little bit more about the mental health of um, you know people of color in in our communities. Right. So I'll give you a rundown of of my past week. So my past week, probably been one of the busiest ones that I've had this year. Um, you know, I did some, I had some traveling, you know, to to New Jersey this past week, going back this weekend um, to New Jersey for an event. Um, had, you know, caterers were just, you know, off the chain. I got a long-standing catering, had two big breakfasts on a Friday. And, and 
in the midst of that, I was just kind of going and going and going and began to become very numb to the different things that were going on around me or, you know, being insensitive to, you know, some people's sensitivity and things like that. And, and, and I wanted to touch on this mental health thing because for me, it's been a trying week also with a lot of my extended family. Um, you know, first I had my, 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 my cousin Bobby. You know, he, he's from my mom's adopted family, but he's my cousin because of the age range. Uh, you know, he passed away and they still haven't really said what happened. They just talking up his natural causes now, but you know, he passed away, he was, you know, 52, 54. Then my, my brother, technically it would be my stepbrother because we don't share parents. Um, his mom died of a heart attack about two days after Bobby. And then about four days ago, you know, I get a call. And my nephew, um, him and his, his, his girlfriend, which is also the mother of his children, um, you know, they were murdered, um, in my hometown. And so this is, this is like, you know, four deaths, you know, within a week. And I've become very numb to uh, a death because for me, most of the time it's, it's become unfortunately mainstay. And I'm not talking about the deaths of things that you kind of expect to happen. You know, someone is, you know, in their 80s and or in their 90s, you know, they just start having, you know, issues with their health and things like that. You know, the body breaks down. It's inevitable, right? But, you know, I'm talking about those tragedies. You know, my nephew is 29, right? His girlfriend was 24. And now, you know, there's a there's a son and a daughter that have now become orphans because of someone else who had a mental illness that decided it was best to take their lives. Right. And of course, you know, uh, you know, from, from the update, the shooter is still hiding, but there was somebody that was driving the vehicle at the time and they caught the person who was in the vehicle. And, and in, in, in thinking about over this week in mental health, you know, I got numb to it and ignored my own emotions and my own feelings. I don't advise people to do that. You got to start confronting those head on. Um, I hadn't seen, um, if you, I'll probably say it's been easily 20 years. And, um, but you know, I know I'm attracting, you know, how social media is, talk to every once in a while, that kind of thing. Talk to his father, you know, just a couple months ago, you know, it's, pretty regular and it's um it's been an interesting and trying week right it's been difficult trying to process that and still try to work through being busy or working being an entrepreneur you know you know being the head of a household you know just kind of going through your things and I, I want to implore you because, you know, my, my moniker is health and wealth is the future of all my, of my people. And who are my people? you listening right now. And you want to start really looking when you have these trying situations, not holding it in that like we tend to do as people of color, especially men of color. I'm going to talk mostly to the men today because I've been one of those all my life, right? So it's easier to talk about what I know than to speculate on what I've seen having four daughters, right? So us as men, we were often taught, you know, that we don't cry, that we don't show emotion, you know, that we hold it in. That we just go with it because guess what? We still have to be strong for everybody else. Uh, we still have to have some vulnerability, but we have to provide security, right? It's kind of one of the things we've been taught. You know, when you're dealing with your spouses, you're dealing with your children, you know, they like the security and the comfort of, 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 of dad. And a lot of times, you know, dad, fathers, men, we don't have that comfort outlet to go to because we just weren't taught to have it, right? We were taught that, you know, we don't cry. We were taught that we have to stand strong in the face of adversity. We were taught that, you know, being invulnerable was a weakness and it's not a sign of a of a strong leader. And, you know, in this past week, kind of reflecting on, um, you know, uh, the, the deaths that have happened, 
Because um, many don't know, you know, my brother Allen, uh, back in 2015, you know, he he he, he committed suicide. And in in him shooting himself, you know, I got a lot closer to my sister. Um, I got you know more familiar with his mom because we didn't share parents. And, you know, develop a, a little bit of love. It even helped me to move myself to begin talking to my my uncle, um, my uncle, who I had issue with since I was like 10 years old. Okay, I'm in my 40s. Y'all didn't already know. But I had an issue with one of my uncles since I was 10. And um, as I was saying, you know, uh, it even moved me to want to uh, uh, squash a, uh, a disagreement or beef I've had with one of my uncles since I was 10 years old, right? And, it, and it, it, it got me to understand that, you know, a lot of the things that the men of the, of the past days taught us as men wasn't necessarily the best advice. It was strong advice, but they didn't give the part about being vulnerable to who you need to be vulnerable to or seeking out professional help if needed, having a shoulder to, to, to lean on, not to cry on, but to kind of vent because many of my circle of friends, we're pretty similar. <laughs> a lot of times we don't call you for advice or comfort. We just want you to listen. Right. And if there's an opportunity where we ask for your opinion or your thoughts, that's when most of the time we want to hear it. Now, that's just my circle of friends. I'm not going to say that it's all men, but that's just my my circle of friends. And um, in dealing this week, you know, with that, I went back into my old self because they were like back to back to back. You know, I felt like I was listening to that Drake song back to back. It was like, you know, I hear about my cousin Bobby. Then my sister calls me on like a Monday morning. Then my nephew gets shot on like a Wednesday, Thursday, or is it yesterday? I mean, and I, it, it's, it's all kind of jumbled together. And we have to be more aware of what other people are dealing with. I know what I was dealing with in myself and I had opportunities where I could have reached out to several different people. You know, um, I could have reached out to my therapist. I didn't reach out to anybody kind of kept it to myself trying to process it, process it through the weekend. And, 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 and I could tell that probably some of the people that were around me, my demeanor wasn't the best and I was giving off angry vibes or that I was upset with them type vibes or something to that. No, I was just still kind of processing seeing the large amount of death <laughs> that happened in a short period of time in different ways. One that was unknown, one was a heart attack, two were murdered. And it's kind of been a mainstay for the majority of my life, you know, where I grew up. Um, it's just, you know, your cousins get shot and, you know, people get, you know, murdered and robbed. And it took, I don't know, 25 years to really deal with it. So from a mental health aspect, for my for my listeners, and in, in, in the people that are listening, take that time to seek out that person that's going to help you balance out your mental. Um, and it's not always going to be your spouse. You know, sometimes your spouse is preoccupied with the things that they need to do for the household, maybe to cover you while you're going through your time of need or going through your time of struggle. And because they have ulterior focuses and it may not be something that affects them directly, you have to kind of step back and say, okay, you know what? I can't, maybe I can't talk to them right now because I'm down on what's happening with this bad news, but we still have work to do. We still have children to, to take care of. There's bills that still need to be paid. There's so many different things that still need to happen. And both of us can't be in the corner, you know, uh, uh, in, in, the, in the fetal position you know, crying our heart out with a, you know, bucket of ice cream or, you know, a shot of bourbon, right? And it made me reflect because I had a friend of mine that also had an issue uh, this past weekend and me and him have similar personalities and he broke down uh, and, and it told me what was going on. And even in the midst of my, of my own turmoil and struggle, I realized how much each, each of us needs all of us because 
even though in my mind, what he was dealing with might've been not as critical to me as what I was dealing with. He was willing to open up and come to somebody that he trusts to talk about it. Someone with a similar personality. And he really didn't want my advice. He just wanted to share his pain. And not misery loves company pain, but I don't want to feel this way kind of pain. And a lot of men won't be that open and honest with themselves to be that vulnerable to another man that's not like related to them being, you know, like a father or an uncle. And so for your mental health, and this applies to everybody, when you're mentally downtrodden, when you're mentally having a tough time, when you're mentally struggling with something, and, you know, you always say, I don't step on anybody's faith, but prayer is a conversation, right? And whatever higher power you believe in, even if you don't believe in another power, say you believe that you are the God, right? Prayer is still that conversation to your mental. It's still a conversation to get what's on your chest, what's in your chest. And when 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 I, I, I dived a little bit more in understanding what people say, I want to get something off my chest, right? They really mean they want to get it off their heart because you think with your heart. You feel with your heart. The mind just does what it naturally does. Most of us always think that our mind is the one that controls the body. No, the mind would be like the CEO of the company. Your heart is the board of directors, okay? I want y'all to understand that because the heart really governs what everything that everything else that happens. The mind is just the the, the director, if you will. It's the one that tells uh, uh, where to go to in the body. It's the one that tells where the blood to 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 flow as the heart controls it. So when you hear somebody say, I want to get something off their chest, what they really are saying is, I want to get this off my heart. I want to get this out of my spirit. I want to get this off of my 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 playing field because it's an issue that I need to address and an issue that I need to deal with, you know, strongly, right? So take that time to find someone to get that off your chest, someone that you trust that's not going to have the judgment that comes with most people's opinion when you talk to them. Everybody knows they got people out there that when you talk to them, they always have an opinion or they always have a, they always have, you know, their suggestion of what they did. And a lot of times they don't take time to listen. And I was teaching some, some guys the other day, uh, because I got asked the question, you know, what's the best way to have a strong relationship? Um, and one of the guys said communication. One of them said love. Another one said, um, you know, being attentive and things like that. And when it came to me, I told them, I said, well, you, you got to listen. And they, they kind of, it was funny looking at their faces. Like, you know, they kind of stepped back and it was like, well, what do you mean? And they're like communication. I said, no, communication is a conversation, right? I can have a conversation with somebody and not listen and vice versa. They could be having a conversation with me and I'm not listening to them, right? Listening is the best way to cultivate powerful relationships. Because if you listen and you're aware and you're in tune to to your spirit and your natural ability that you have to have discernment that a lot of us don't walk in, you can see the mental struggles of somebody else and definitely know in your heart when it's time for you to step you back to help them in their time of need or to let them know that you're not in the right place to do it. And see, mentally, we don't necessarily take those, those avenues in in our lives to be able to do that. Most of the time we just go on with it or we'll help people knowing that we're in the bad place or we've got a bad spirit or we've got a bad attitude. And you don't realize that your mental state exuberates through you and is all over them. And when it's all over them, it doesn't help their situation. It hurts. And then it hurts your mental situation more because they're going to have something to say about it. See, it's not just about the communication of the mental issues and anguish that you have. It's about being able to listen. That's why therapists get paid so much money, because they're not the best communicators. They're the best listeners. They're the best listeners to ascertain and, 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 and accept the knowledge that you have going on in your life 
and come up with a viable solution that is for you. If you, if anybody's ever been to a therapist, and I know my therapist, um, you know, they're down in Houston, incredible, incredible, because the listening aspect of it is perfect. Plus, it wasn't much you could do because most of the time we're having these conversations on the phone. So you have to listen. You don't get to see facial expressions. You don't get to see body language. All you got is voice inflections and the information, right? They listen. And instead of offering a answer, they ask questions for clarification and they ask questions that make you think what your heart needs to lead you to. I don't know if anybody's ever been to a therapist. Every therapist I've been to have been the exact Every therapist that I've encountered have been in that same moniker or the same avenue or the same type of thinking and conversation in deciding on how you should go. You express their feelings, they take it and they ask, well, how does that make you feel? How does that make you think? What does that make you think of? Here's some exercises you could do to help further this along so you'll have an answer as opposed to just providing the answer. And with our mental health, it's the same way. See, we don't take that time to dive into who we are mentally. There's so many people out there that have that, that, that help complex. They want to help everybody, want to help everybody. And I've learned that the biggest person you need to help is you. You're more effective when you help you. You're more effective when you take the vacation you need to shut your mind off. You're more helpful to others when you don't take the call when you're in the middle of, 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 of a crisis or you don't take that call when you're spending time with your child or you don't take that call when you're spending your time with the spouse. You know, being sensitive and understanding that. And a lot of times we're so quick to help that we don't help ourselves. That's why many of us are overweight. That's why many of us are, you know, uh, uh, you know, unhappy. We may look happy to other people, but we're unhappy because guess what? We don't take care of our first love, which is us, right? If they say that, you know, um, if, if, if God is within me, God has given me his spirit, God calls us to love him above all other. So wouldn't that mean that you would love you first if God is within you and we don't take that time to mentally love ourselves to understand how to function and how to grow. And see, dealing with mental health, mental health is on an extremely, extreme high right now. Because we came out of, quote unquote, a pandemic, which in my personal opinion, it only got exploited as a pandemic because of news outlets painting it as the downfall and death of society, right? It just, it just, just so horrible. Here it is two years later. We're getting on planes, doing everything else, still without masks. And it did exactly what I did. If y'all go back to my very first podcast when I was talking about COVID, I said, in a couple of years, it's going to be like the flu. I think I did that like episode three or four. I said, a couple of years, it's going to be just like the flu. We're going to have an antidote for it. I mean, not an antidote. We're going to have a vaccine for it. And, you know, we're going to go back to life as normal. Well, as normal as it can be coming out of, you know, a, a pandemic that, took away so many different people, right? And they called it a pandemic, so we would panic. Then they call it a new strain of disease. Every time they come out with a new flu, every year, there's a new strain of flu that comes out. They don't call the, the new strain of flu a pandemic. They just call it, you know, flu number two, number three, number four, you know, whatever number, whatever letter, wherever they're at, at that particular time. Right. And what happens is mentally those things tarnish. And most of us had to be in the house and had to be around, you know, a, a spouses that, you know, you had to relearn because most of the time, eight to 10 hours a day, you were at a job during the day. 
And so you weren't there directly with your spouse. You had to relearn your children. They weren't going to school. They were sitting in the house. These kind of things cause some people, you know, depression tendencies and mental lapses in who they really are because they weren't loving themselves. They were just doing a job and working, you know, a function that was routine. And a lot of people have come out of that depressed. That's why mental health is so huge right now because we don't take care of it. We don't take care of our heart. We'll take care of our mind. We'll eat the right foods. You know, we may go out and exercise. We'll move the body. We'll go sit in the sun and get the vitamin D to do those things. But we don't take care of the matters of the heart and the matters of the spirit, which is why we're in such destitute right now, because that is so important. I got to get something off my chest. I got to get something off my heart. I got to get something out of my spirit. So I'm going to encourage everybody that's listening to this. From this point on, take some time to really sit back and think about your own mental health and how much you love you. How much do you care about you? Because the more you love you, the more you love those around you. And I'm not talking about the arrogance. I'm not talking about being pompous. I'm not talking about the ones that are, that are, um, what, what's the phrase? I can't even think of the phrase, but the ones that are oversure of themselves. You know, they call it confidence. Most people call it cockiness. You know, I call it cowardice because you don't know how to have a balance between, you know, uh, uh, your, uh, you being excellent and great at what you do and not making it come off to people as if they're inferior, right? Narcissist. Like some Narcissist. of my counterparts do. Narcissistic or self-absorbed. Yeah, those kind of things, right? You don't need to get to that, you know, that, that point. And I encourage everybody, take some time to check your mental health. Do a mental health evaluation. You can find plenty of them online. You can talk to your doctor about it, you know, to really see where you are with you. Not do it so you can maneuver with other people. See, a lot of times we we we, we do it so much to figure out how we can work with others, how we can please others. We do a lot of personal development and, 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 and a lot of seminars, a lot of different things so that we can be better for others, right? Well, you are an other too. How do you be better for you mentally? So if anybody's on the text line, you know, shoot us a text and, 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 and ask questions, 682-710-1101. You know, if you, if you want to chime in, you know, on this, because it's a critical point. They have all these doctors and all these statistics and all these different things about, you know, the downfall. If if we really took care of that spirit man, if we really took care of that mental, a lot of the immoral things that happen would be minimized. There's so many people that deal with self-esteem issues, right? I think so. And 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 dealing with those self-esteem issues, they never come out of it because they never learn how to love them. Then they wonder why they always have broken relationships or, you know, go through a bunch of boyfriends, a bunch of girlfriends and can't stay committed. You know, there's so many different things when you're dealing with mental health. And And I wanted to talk about that this week because... I was a victim of it. I held everything in and didn't talk to anybody. And it showed in my demeanor. It showed in the way that that I was acting with others, even though I thought I was still, you know, being me. I was being me. I was being the authentic me. But I never addressed it mentally so that I could be the true me. To let you gonna say something? I think I saw you come off mute. Yes. I do really think that it's that I won't call it simple, but do you really think that that is the answer? And the reason I say that is simply because everything is about how we address it. Everything is about the individual and how they care for themselves. And most people don't understand. And when I say most people, that is a very broad brush. However, most people don't see themselves when they see what's going on around them. Most people don't understand 
the orchestration. And by that, I mean, it has to come from somewhere. It begins somewhere. Who, what, where, when, how, and why does it all begin? So each one of us is responsible and more than being responsible, we're obligated to ourselves, to society. We're obligated by God to take care of ourselves because so many people rely on us. And as I have taught, there are people who think I'm here alone. I don't have anybody. I do this by myself. There isn't a person on this planet. I can't speak for Uranus, but there's nobody on this planet that does everything alone. Not near person, not one. I don't care what they think. It is impossible. It is impossible. So I hate to use the adage. Okay. Say, for instance, you're here. This is your island. You're by yourself. And something happens to you. Then what? Nobody else knows but you, right? You don't, nobody calls anybody. Nobody says anything. Now, it's impossible. It is impossible. So we make our own beds. And when my kids were younger, I would say, you make your bed, get in it, get comfortable, fluff those pillows, lay back and wallow in it. But if that's not what you want to do, just as you said, Andre, you don't recognize, people don't recognize what's going on until down the road and so much destruction has happened because they thought this is just me. It's not going to affect anybody else. It has nothing to do with you. Everything that you do has something to do with me. Everything. So you're right. When we don't take care of ourselves, it impacts everybody. When we don't do the things that we should be doing, we're not doing things because there's nothing else to do. And I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. And I know better. And I always look at things and say, if I take care of it now, I don't have to take care of it thriple time down the road. And it's difficult to see thriple time down the road if you haven't been there. So again, you're right. Having to go back and do it all over again, it ain't the same as doing it right the first time. No matter what it is, no matter how you look at it, no matter what you think about it. It's never right having to do it over. And just as you said, you thought you were okay doing what you needed to do for you and that was it. But it always, 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 always comes back. And what I say all the time, even though my kids remind me age means nothing, it's not that age means nothing or age means something. It's the wisdom that comes with time. It's the learning that comes with time. So what I've learned in 70 years, I cannot expect anybody 40, 44, 50, 60 to have learned what I've learned in 70 years. And I'm still learning. I, I want to get to 140 and still need to know because it's impossible to know everything. It's simply that our roads are different and I know where the bumps are. I know where the cracks in the road are. I've been down that road before. You haven't. It's impossible. So we all have a path and that path is not created with destruction in mind. 
that if we continue to do things in a different way, thus we have destruction. Because right now, and you're not going to like what I'm going to say, but I'll say it anyway. Right now, baby boomers are irrelevant. And it's not easy for millennials and, and Gen Xers to listen to baby boomers because the thought is we are irrelevant. But I pray to God that I get to see my, my children at 70. And there's never a time when my mother or my mother-in-law or my grandparents or my grandparent-in-laws were ever irrelevant. If I didn't learn anything from them but how to make gumbo, I was there to learn. If I didn't learn anything from my grandmother but how to keep the family glued, I had to learn that. And my grandparents were the glue in the family. So I understand, Andre, and I, I'm listening to everything that you are saying. And in some ways, you're right. And I, I'm adding a little bit to it, a bump in the road to it. But you're absolutely right. We have to do more to take care of ourselves because there's a requirement. There is a requirement. Thank you. Andre, you're on mute. Oh. <laughs> How about I take myself off mute, right? So um, what, what, what I said was is that it, it, a lot of times uh, it's not selfish to take that time for you because that's how you help others. A lot of times people think it's selfish that I take my own time or that I take time away or that I just focus on me. And it's not selfish because a better you is a better we, right? A better you is a better we. And you've got to take that time to not always cater to people. You know, I'm a caterer, so I always cater to people. Sometimes you got to take time off. Like, for instance, you know, this Wednesday is my my oldest daughter's uh, birthday, and she's traveling out of town for her birthday. And as busy as I am during the week, you know, we're closed on her birthday. And I'm going to go spend some time with her on her birthday because I understand, you know, I need to take that time for her because, you know, growing up, I wasn't there as much, you know, uh, and, and not, not so much in the sense of, you know, an absentee father, more of a father that worked in an industry that was a 15 hour day. And I also lived in a different state. So there were some other challenges. And so I always made it a point, even though I'm not a, you know, a huge birthday celebrating guy, make it a point that, you know, to take that time. Her birthday's in the middle of the week. She's traveling down to Houston. I said, you can't come to my state and me not visit you, right? And so I'm going to take an entire day to spend with her. And for me, that's mental health. Because if not, I'd be working. And I wouldn't be focusing on mental health. I'd be focusing on, you know, continuing to build my company, continue to build this, not taking that time out. And even though I'm doing it for her, I'm doing it for me. Because I need that break anyway. Especially after this last week. Oh, my goodness. This last week has been insane. You know, and I get an opportunity to spend it you know, some time with my oldest girl as she goes through her journey and build and, 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 and to understand who she is and why she takes this vacation because she needs to mentally unwind, right? It's, 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 it's kind of a, a, a taught effect. And to, to your point about the baby boomers being irrelevant, we, we've talked about that a couple of times on the show, right? And, the more I think about it, it's not so much that you're irrelevant. The mental capacity of the younger generation don't want to listen. It's not the communication piece. It's not the lack of wisdom. It's not that you are irrelevant in this society because you've been down roads and paths that I have yet to journey and may never journey 
You know, you're, you're, you're 70, you're coming out of when it was still a uh, whites only on, on, on water fountains and bathrooms and restaurants and hotels. You know, I came in the generation of, you know, it wasn't, it, it didn't say that on the hotel, you know, but you still call hell being black going into the wrong hotel or the wrong business or wrong establishment. It just wasn't publicized or postered that it's colored only whites only. So oh, <laughs> the, 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 it's not irrelevant. And you made a great point about wisdom and time. See, time has less to do with the number of years and it has to do with more of the wisdom that you gain because I know a lot of adult children in my life that are 40, 50, 60 years old still doing what they did when they were teenagers. There was no growth. There was no building. And I'm like, you can't be 50 years old, you know, and, you know, you still live the way you do. Like you hadn't got wise and realized that this isn't the right way to go. So your point with that wisdom and time is on point because it's not about the number of years. It's the wisdom you gained in the time. time. And see, you have a lot of wisdom and baby boomers are not, irrelevant unless they choose to be. Now, there's some out there that choose to be that don't want no part of nobody younger than 50, right? There's just some people out there, you know, I deal with them sometimes. But it's not the relevance or the or being irrelevant. It's the inability to listen. Neither side really wants to listen. Not saying you specifically. I'm speaking to, you know, majority of the baby boomers that think these kids that jump from job to job trying to figure out what they're doing or can't hold a job or couch surf, I think is the phrase that they're using now. It's all a mental health issue with the lack of listening, because those youth, if they would listen to the elders, right, there was a question that was posed on social media. Uh, it, it said, what did we do for education or learning before Google. And I told him, I said, I said, libraries, life experience, <laughs> and what elders. did you do before Google? You're kidding. Really? That was the question. But you you what? but you have to understand that like like my children have not ever not had Google. Mine they have not ever yes. had now they've been to the library, they've done research at the library, you know, things that you know, all that. But my children, when they got in school, they were given laptops as part of uh, of the curriculum instead of getting a book, right? So all they know is Google. Google is the encyclopedia. No, encyclopedia Britannica is the Google for them because if they need to find it, they can look it up and then in advance, you can learn anything on YouTube. You know, you can learn to cook. You can learn to speak another language. You can learn to knit. You can fix a muffler on your car. Like they have that instant gratification that has come with it in, 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 in society and it has caused a mental health stop in wisdom and learning. I was looking at a video today, this morning, and the guy was talking about, um, uh, oh, why can't I think of the phrase he used? But basically, in short, he said, we've become so reliant on our technology that we don't use our internal technology, our brain to think. Right. We don't use our heart to process anymore. We are a CPU unit that we don't use because we've allowed technology to become our thinking apparatus yes, for us. And fact. the younger generation, unfortunately, they were taught that from the beginning yep. where even you and I being, you know, um, 30 plus years apart, we weren't taught technology replaced everything. We still had books. You know, I, the computer I had when I was in high school was not a laptop. It was the one that weighed 50 pounds that yes. stayed in the corner of your, yes. of your room and yes. didn't move because it was a hassle to move. It was like picking up a couch. Right. You so know, let to me move just... the couch to one side of the living room to the other, you didn't move it. So, right. and, and at school, it was the same thing. They were stationary. You went to computer lab. Computer lab wasn't brought right. into the classroom. That's right. Computer lab. That's right. There was a computer right. lab. And when I was and, a kid. And, and, and so, yeah, you know, and, and, and so these kids, um, you know, they get these mini computers called cell phones, these mini computers called tablets. They get these mini computers called laptops. And the reason they believe, you know, that the, the, the baby boomers are irrelevant is because they're just not listening. They don't realize 
and I had to, um, who was I talking to? A kid I was mentoring the other day. Um, they talk about technology and they talk about the elderly not knowing technology and things like that, right? And I said, do you think somebody your age created this? Just, just, just help me out. Do you think somebody your age created this right now? Computers were out before computers became a mainstay in schools. They were using it in NASA in the 40s and 50s. They were using it during the time of, 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 of Hitler's days in the 20s. Now those computers, you know, were as big as people houses, but still they were using the technology <laughs> many, many, many years yeah. ago. Yeah. Right. And so the kids are not listening to the wisdom of the people that created the conundrum that they're being taught now. And it goes back to that mental health issue. They don't want to listen because I can get the knowledge on my phone. I can get the knowledge here on Google. And they're not taking care of their own mind mentally. Kiana, uh-oh, Kiana, I saw your hand come up. You had to, you got, you did real good. 47 minutes, no comments. <laughs> I thought you were going to make it. Let's go, Kiana. <laughs> I just thought I would just add just, just a little bit of a note when it comes to where we get our knowledge and information from. Uh, I think there is something to be said about internal knowledge, ob observing life in general, and receiving concepts. Because at the end of the day, whether it be a book or the internet, those are both resources to gather data. So we just happen to put books on a pedestal, but those same books are online. Those Whatever book it is that we're talking about, it's online. And actually, when you go to Google something, it's not Google that you're going to to learn that information. It's the site that is associated with Google. So it could be Wikipedia, the encyclopedia, the Bible. It could be all of those things that were tangible books and still are, but Google is nothing but a search engine. Basically, put it like this, Google is the shelf on which the books sit in the library. That's what Google is. Google itself is not a body of information. It is a search engine where you can find information and you have to decipher whether or not the source that you use, Wikipedia, or, you know, the Times, New York Times, whatever it is, they offer the information. But also more than that, whether it's a book or whether it's online, I put critical thinking and observing life ahead of reading somebody else's observations, somebody else's perspective, which is oftentimes somebody else's, somebody else's, somebody else's, 15 down, 15 lines down the road. So I, I put one's own internal compass on that pedestal. So whether not, not, yeah, you're right. Google is the bookshelf. But the kids don't see it as a bookshelf. Right. Everything is about Google and how our computers and our phones or Baku are, if you're in China. You know, yeah. Google is banned in China, so it's called Baku right. in China. But go ahead. So if it's so everything is based on what Google says, what Google this, did you Google, did you Google? Google it. Google it. And I learned a while ago that people think that they can research everything and get all of the answers. No, no. And it's not research. You're actually just looking it up. It's not called research. There was a black man on a program. That's oh, no, I know it's someone. Google or if it's, if it's in a series of books, it's the same thing. It's not your actual organic data. It's somebody else's. It's somebody else's data, but you're not actually researching because researching is, and this guy, a black man, said that the word research is used so loosely, but people are not actually researching. They're simply going to a search engine and they're looking things up. So they're not actually research, researching, research. No, you're not, you know, you're not a bona fide certified researcher. You're not getting paid to literally research. And that comes with several different components and elements. So that word research is used so loosely. But the other thing is we look at things that are going on now. And everything is predicated on the things that are going on now. 
we forget that we didn't just get here. Things happened prior to us getting to this point. And it's simply, I think it's relatively easy to take a look at, to stop and take a look at from whence we came. And just like Andre said, we have to stop and look, stop, hit the recess button, then recharge, and then hit the reset button. Because a clear mind means everything. And folks nowadays don't operate, at least in my opinion, people don't operate with a clear mind because there's so much going on all the time. Every moment of the day. And those yes. many computers in the in your pocket don't help none with the time. It doesn't help any. It doesn't help any. It doesn't help any. That's right. It does not help any. In I'm fact, it's a Yeah, it's a hindrance. It's a hindrance. And like my phone, my phone, believe it or not, as many calls and many things that I do, my phone is on silent. I have to actually look at my phone to look at my updates and chimes and reminders and everything else because of that very reason. I don't want to be addicted to the ding. Absolutely. And people are addicted. I know my daughter is addicted. She is addicted. And I do mean addicted. And I'm I'm assuming you're not talking about Kiana. Because every time you say my daughter. Oh, I have another one. Nah, it's the other one. (laughs) I know. Every time she says my daughter, I know it's not Kiana. For some reason. (laughs) Then I I have another family member who is 10 years old. And has an iPhone. And Andre, there's this thing called discernment. And if the adults don't have discernment, neither will the kids. And after Uvalde, I had a rude awakening. And I thought about a phone for my granddaughter. But then I came back to my senses. No, she's already addicted to her iPad. If she can't take her iPad with her, she cries. The only place that she cannot take her iPad is to school. But if she can't take her pad, her iPad on a ride somewhere, she's highly upset. She's very upset. And she looks at that iPad before she does anything else. She's on that iPad. So my mental other, health, yes, even at that young age. Exactly. 10 years old. So my cousin, who has an iPhone, I said, that's not an iPhone. Yes, it is. I said, no, it isn't. Well, my denying that she was on an iPhone tipped another family member. And she wanted to say, why would you deny that she's got an iPhone? What's wrong with her? And I said, I'm not getting into a back and forth with anybody about a child, a baby, having an iPhone which I think is bass-ass backwards, okay? 10 years old, they have not developed discernment. So what is what is this 10-year-old going to do on an iPhone? And I said, there isn't anything that a 10-year-old can do on an iPhone except call somebody and talk and have a conversation that they probably shouldn't be having. And guess what? That's precisely what this what she was doing. She was having a conversation that she should not have had. And if if adults don't have that skill of discernment, a kid can get an iPhone and do whatever they want to do. Because Mammy and Pappy said it was okay. I just want to make it uh, clear that just like a car, it doesn't the fact that it's a car doesn't mean that it's a bad thing, nor does it mean a, a car in the hands of a 16 or 18 year old doesn't mean also mean it's a bad thing. Much like a phone, just because someone under 50 has one doesn't mean it's a bad thing. These days, unfortunately, since technology, not by any means of our own, but technology has taken over the world and has demanded more time of even parents and grandparents, kids are left alone more than ever. Even in the house, they're left alone. When mom and dad have to work, if they're at home, those kids are still by themselves. 
And it's by design that our society has become less and less self-aware and self-centered. Um, so, and, and technology is that replacement. So it's not the fact that a kid uh, has an iPhone. It's what they do with it. But also, some kids have that phone because their parents do work 12-hour days on average and they need that connection and kids do need to call home and some kids have been targeted at school and have also suffered violence on campus where they did need to call home they did not have the ability to run to the nurse's office or they didn't they didn't have responsible adults around them to subdue a situation so they had to rely on themselves and their own resources i hate to say it but our society is jacked all the way up so yeah the responsibility of these kids they have to protect themselves and if they don't have that tool i hate to say it that you know more more could happen and we see that every day with these school shootings we see that every day whether or not these kids with with with, forget school how about these trafficked children how about these kids that are trafficked we'll even We'll even talk about the story that just happened uh, here in, 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 in Texas at Bowie Middle School. I don't know if y'all have seen that come up. I've never seen that one yet. All right. So we talk about when, since we're finishing up, we got about three minutes left. When we talk about mental things, and I'm going to get into more because this was actually the topic for next week. That's why I'm ending with this one. Uh, a Bowie student got his phone taken by a teacher, right? Yeah, and uh, he was so distraught with his phone taken away he attacked the teacher. And I don't mean just attacked to snatch his phone. Punched her, slammed her head into the table just to get his phone back, right? And that goes down to mental awareness. Like, mental who, is, yes. Who, yes. who is or isn't in that young man's life? It's kind of like that old that old thing where they talk about the, you know, the, the TV's going to ruin your eyes or ruin you. They would sit kids in front of TV for hours because parents had to work or do other things. And the TV turned into, instead of being a big old floor model, uh, uh, they had a record player at the top of it. It turned into a four-inch four by three-inch square screen that raises our kids because uh, uh, we, we hadn't figured out how to balance that with having, you know, two parents that are out of the household, right? right? But that okay. mental health awareness, that kid, you know, in middle school. That's right. You know, You're right. We're talking 12 years old or less. Yeah. Well, guess what? Physically assaulted did you see this teacher. Over a phone. Did you see the one where the boy went into his mother's home and destroyed her home because she took the phone away. Not only did he destroy the home, she can no longer live there. He broke up the toilet, broke up the the windows, the mirrors, the bathtub, the kitchen counter, the walls, took the walls out. There's no people. Listen, no, listen no. to what she's talking about, mental health. Mental health. We're definitely going to get into this next week. Right. And you cannot have a 10-year-old with a phone and say, well, they need it for this because the parents work. W- wrong again. Well, and, you know, that's interesting. We're going we to have a conversation about that next week. Yes, we are. Definitely Thank you, because Because mental health, man, our, our youth are struggling, you know, yes. and, right. and I, I'm not going to blame it all on the phone. You know, I'm not going to blame it all on technology. No. But us, like I started off the show, we don't take a step back and reset our mind to really focus on what's important. So that's been today's show. I appreciate you guys for chiming in today, listening to Menu Monday, the recipe with Chef Dre Blash, your Chef de Cuisine. Man, it has been a pleasure. It has been awesome. Um, Thank you for listening. Don't forget about November 5th. There's going to be an incredible, incredible telethon uh, um, to, to help out the people in South Sudan. So make sure you join in on uh, Intentional Talk Radio Network, uh, on our YouTube channel, and also on the network live. So I appreciate you. I love you. Take care of your mental health. And, man, reach out and, 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 and seek the help that you need. Don't hold it in. I love you, man. I'll holler at you next week. Right. Thank you, Andre. And you have been listening to Intentional Talk Radio Network with Chef Andre Blast, the chef on Menu Mondays. And don't forget, as the chef mentioned, 
We've got a great telethon coming up. It is an educational humanitarian telethon to help the people in South Sudan. Andre is one of the hosts for the show. So you want to stay tuned. As Kenny Hendricks says, stick and stay. Do not go away. We've got more shows for you this afternoon. We've got Mindful Mondays coming up at 5 p.m. on the Pacific Coast. Thank you very much. You are listening to ITRNRadio.com. Come on back. Join us again this afternoon. Be safe out there. We'll talk to you soon.